your Bibles, if you would please, this morning to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. We're going to look at three quick openings. So we're going to go to Ephesians 6, and then we'll go to 1 Peter, chapter 5. And then if you're really scholarly, you can find James chapter 4. Amen. You don't want to remember all that or flip to those pages. The scriptures will be up on the screen. But we encourage you here at World Harvest to bring your Bible. Come on, your Bible is... You're all in all, I tell you what. You know, how do you get to know God if you're wanting to get to know Him better? Well, you get acquainted with God through His Word. Through His Word. You know, He is everything the Word says that He is. Amen. Hallelujah. There are other ways to get to know God, but that's the primary way. He is everything the Word says about Him. And uh, we're not like uh, some of the places that you could go to on Sunday morning, not endeavoring to be critical, but we are a Word-centered church. Amen. And uh, praise God, we always will be. Uh, Bow your heads with me and let's ask God to get involved with us today. Father, we come before you and we count it such a high honor to break bread together. God, we're all in different places. We're all in different stages of our spiritual development. We're all dealing with different things in daily life. But faith affects everything. Faith touches everything in every level, in every, every way. God, we can't get saved without faith. We can't receive the promises of God apart from faith. We must have a revelation of faith. And so, Father, I pray for each one today that by your Holy Spirit, as I do my best, Father, as you help me to minister again on this this just such a vital subject, the subject of faith, that, Heavenly Father, that it will come as a revelation. It will dawn upon every heart today what faith is, how important it is, and how to get in faith and stay in faith no matter hot the battle becomes. Lord, I just so thank you for this congregation. They, they have, you know, so many of us have just been knit together. And God, you're adding new and precious people and families to us all the time that I feel the same way about them. And Lord, I just so thank you that God, whatever it is they're dealing with today, that you're going to minister to them. You're going to strengthen them, lift them, feed them, encourage them. That when they leave here today, oh, they'll be glad they came. And we just thank you for all of this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I haven't intended to, but uh, uh, a lot of times we'll we'll get on a subject and stay there a while. And a couple of Sundays ago, I I talked about uh, steadfast faith. Uh, We don't want to just be, we don't want to have moments of faith where we're in and out of faith. We dabble with faith. But we want to live by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. So faith is our lifestyle. Amen. And uh, so we never get tired of faith. It's the way we're living. And so we ought to be thrilled. Every time a minister gets up and says we're going to talk about faith, we ought to just be thrilled. Amen. Uh, Amen. Because it's because of faith that we're going to be able to receive all that God has made available to us. Amen. And so we've covered, uh, you know, an hour and a half at least worth of material already on this subject. Uh, and I encourage you, if you want to catch up with us, go back on our podcast or website. It's all free. You could go out to the bookstore and get your own copy on MP3 or on a CD and, and catch up with us. Amen? Amen. So we're going to read these passages uh, all in a row, and then we'll dive into the material today. You ready? So here in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10... The Apostle Paul says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, why? It's going to be critical. 
that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If you brought something you could write in, you could put um, resist. It's the same. We're going to see the word resist in the next two passages. It's the same word in the Greek. Amen. To be able to resist or stand against the wiles, which means the schemes or the strategies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist, withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Amen? Now go over to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter number 5. <clears throat> Glory to God. 1 Peter 5, verse number 6 says, Humble your, Peter the apostle says, Humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you. Right on your schedule, no, in due time. Casting all your care, that means all your worries, all your anxieties, all your concerns, over onto Him. You hearing that? Such a vital thing that we practice in these last days. How many of our worries? All our worries. How many of our cares? All of our cares. How many of our anxieties? Right? That ought to mean no anxiety attacks, no fear spells, no hypertension, no walking the floor at night. We're living carefree, worry-free, anxiety-free. Amen? I didn't say it was easy, but amen, we could do it. Hallelujah. Then he, now let's finish that verse, casting all your care upon him because he cares. Come on. He cares for you. Why don't you say that? The father, he cares for me personally. Amen. You need to become convinced of that. God cares about you. You know, you're on his radar. He's thinking about you. The Amplified says he cares about us affectionately and he cares for us watchfully. Watchfully. What's that mean? He's watching over you. Nothing escapes his attention. Amen. He's out to do you good. He loves you. He cares about you and everything that you're going through. And he wants you to take all that would concern you, all that's being worrisome and just cast it over onto him. You know what that means? Take your problems and make them his problem. Whatever problems you got, you need to get them off your shoulder, get them out of your hand, and get them into his hand. Because when you do that, see, you won't have any more problems. What do you mean problems? What problems? Maybe say, hey, did you get that problem solved? What problem? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a problem. And then you talk to God and say, God, you sure got a problem. You have a big problem. What are you going to do about this bill? What are you going to do about this report? Amen? That's how you'll know if you've really been able to successfully cast your care. You won't have it anymore. You know, we're begging and crying and bawling and squalling, wanting to get God to do something for us. But as long as that problem's in your hand, as long as you've got it, as long as you're worried about it, as long as you're turning it over, God doesn't have it. 
He can't do anything with what he doesn't have. So you got to give that thing to him. Amen. Well, how do we know if we're worried about something? Well, Brother Hagin said, if we're thinking about it, and we're just thinking about it all the time. Amen. Then you know you're worried about it. What do I do? Repent. Ask God to forgive you for sinning. You know, sin is a, uh, sin is a, worry is a sin. Sure is. You know, if I, I caught someone in the bathroom selling dope to one of our members, another member, you'd all be, being, you'd all be in favor of me, I would assume, if I kicked him out. But what if I caught someone passing worry to somebody else and I kicked him out? You'd go, oh, pastor ain't got no love. Pastor's being hard. Right? Well, a, a shot of marijuana might hurt you temporarily, but worry will flat kill you. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. So he says, cast these cares over on him. Then what does he say? Verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour like a prey. Now what does this verse 9 tell us to do about this? Resist him. Everyone say resist. Resist him. How? Steadfast in the faith steadfastly in the faith. Meaning, not just here a little, there a little. I did good Tuesday, but I backslid for three days. Right. No, steadfast in the faith. Amen. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us into His eternal glory by, Jesus, or by Christ Jesus, after the... Now, we don't like this, right? After you've suffered a while. Now what's he mean suffering a while? How are we suffering? We're suffering under the weight of the pressure. We're suffering facing adverse contradictory circumstances. We're suffering with the mental and emotional bombardment of the devil. That is trying to assault our minds to get us out of faith. More on that in a minute. But he says, after you've suffered a little while, being steadfast in the faith, God will make you perfect. That word means mature or grown up. He will establish, strengthen, and settle you. Amen? Go back to James chapter 4. James is just one book to the left. James chapter 4, verse 6. James says, but he, God, gives more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resists the proud, but gives grace or favor, divine ability to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Then what? Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The Greek literally means he will flee from you as one in terror. Amen. I mean, he will run for the hills. Draw nigh unto God, and He will draw near unto you. So in talking about steadfast faith, we see that faith is not enough to win by itself. The Bible talks about in several places that we must add to our faith. Right? Peter talks about that add to your faith virtue or moral excellence. And then it goes on and talks about the things that we should add to our faith. And one of them 
is the Greek word for endurance. Endurance. You know, faith by itself will give up and quit. I'm just talking about pure faith by itself. Pure faith by itself is not enough to stand for very long. You have to add something to your faith. Go to Hebrews, which is another book to the left from James. Hebrews chapter number 6. So if you're a visitor, you kind of see how we roll. We'll, we're not going to look at half a text. And, amen? We don't, it's not my opinion that counts for anything. It's what does the Word say. And uh, so Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 11. The author says, and we desire that everyone, how many of us? Every one of us, we do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That you be not slothful, that's lazy, other translations will say sluggish, but followers or imitators of them. Now notice this, who through faith, stop, period, end, next verse, no. Who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Does faith by itself inherit the promise? No, it's faith and. Faith and. Faith and patience. So see, to be steadfast in faith and, and to just help those uh, first-timers and people who hadn't been here, we talked about you know getting in faith. You, you release your faith. You, you say your prayer. You make your declaration. You say amen. And now you're, now you're on faith. You're in a faith project. But the vast majority of the time, your answer is not going to spring into the natural realm that moment, that second, or even that day, sometimes that week. Amber and I are coming on a year anniversary standing for something. Amen? And that's nothing. Noah stood on a word for a hundred years. A hundred years, y'all. Y'all, that's good Oklahoma talk. Hallelujah. God gave Abraham a promise that he was going to have a son. Amen? And that son was not born for 25 more years. He told, Jacob told his descendants, amen, as they entered into Egypt to escape a famine and to get under Joseph, who was the, you know, under Pharaoh at that time, that they would come out. They would come out of Egypt. You want to know how long? 400 years later. Amen. And of course, I know we live in microwave society. Instant pudding. Brother Hagin used to say, God ain't got no instant pudding. Amen. Hallelujah. So there's a time span between amen and there it is. And during this time span, there is a battle. It's called the fight of faith. Well, what do you mean fight of faith? I got in faith at the beginning. Yes, you did. But now the fight comes because we have an adversary. We have an adversary, the devil, and he is not going to leave your faith unopposed. He doesn't want you a walking billboard of God's goodness and faithfulness. He doesn't want you upcoming and having a great marriage and kids who love Jesus and walking in divine protection and living in healing for your body and walking in signs, wonders, and miracles. He doesn't want any of that. And so He is going to fight you. Amen. And so what believers 
must do, we must practice. And you're going to get all kinds, whether you want it or not, you're going to have all kinds of opportunity to practice being the same. You know, the Holy Ghost gave me this statement. I think it's just so wonderful in session one, three weeks ago. And that is faith that stays the same always wins. Faith that stays the same always wins. If you'll get in faith and just stay the same, you will always win. Hallelujah. Amen. And I wish that that was just easy. Staying the same. But it's not. Amen. Listen to, uh, if you want to, back over in 1 Peter. I'm going to kind of hang out in 1 Peter 5 for maybe the rest of the time we have. And we're doing good on time, right? So I don't have to feel like I have to go real fast. I mean, it's only 1127. Everybody okay? You good? You had breakfast out there? Okay. Just hang with me a little bit. Settle in your comfortable chair. All right. So the Weiss, Dr. Weiss was a Greek scholar, and he gave this translation of this passage I read earlier. Be of a sober mind. Be watchful. Your adversary, who is a slanderer, namely the devil, as a, lying, a lion roaring in fierce hunger, is constantly walking about, always seeking someone to be devouring. Now notice Dr. Weiss' instruction. Stand immovable against his onset or attack. How? Stand immovable against his onset. Solid as a rock in your faith. See, that's how you win. That's how you get to your healing. That's how you get to your financial breakthrough. That's how you get your kids turned around. Amen? Knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being accomplished in your brotherhood. What's he mean by that? Listen, it's easy. I don't know about you, but it's easy, easy, easy to feel like I am the only one on the planet dealing with this. What is the this? I'll describe it. But you already know the this. The activity and the opposition of the devil against your faith. Against what you say you believe. And it's just so easy to feel so alone that I am the only one enduring this constant, unending, mental, emotional bombardment and the enemy working against my circumstances. But listen, Peter is saying by the Holy Ghost, listen, every child of God experiences this. Around the world, every child of God, right, experiences this. We need to just learn how to put our big girl, big boy in Christ, faith pants on and win the battle. Because what are you going to do other than this? Be overrun be defeated, and be robbed of what your faith would bring you. And you'll live in defeat like so many Christians do. But I don't believe I got a group in here today that's okay with that. Dr. Weiss said, stand immovable against his onset. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, Rick Renner is a Greek scholar. He's a wonderful man of God uh, that uh, has founded a ministry, a worldwide ministry, mainly to the Russian nation. So basically, he's a missionary and an, really an apostle to the, and that's where his ministry is over there in the former Soviet Union. But he's a Greek scholar, someone I really respect. And this is his, he took all of the meanings of this passage in Greek 
and made his own translation of it. And here's how it reads. You must constantly be alert and on your guard. The devil, like an accusing lawyer, will try to charge you with all kinds of arguments and accusations. You need to know that he is like a lion on the prowl, constantly walking around, roaring with a deafening sound, earnestly seeking the kind of person he can completely consume and slurp up. He's, in, in his commentary on this, he says it's like a lion who will slurp up his praise blood off the ground. He is looking to completely and utterly destroy. And notice, when, when you're his target, it's deafening. Now, I've never heard one, but they say that a lion, when he is hungry, the roar is just intimidating and deafening. And this will help you. If you've ever tried to encourage someone who's under an assault and they don't seem to be very responsive, listen, you just need to understand your little word of encouragement is they're hearing this monster roar. Right? Now you need to keep doing what you can to encourage them, but you just got to understand, amen, that they're, they're, they're being bombarded with a lot greater sound. Amen. I've been there. Hallelujah. Like, like, brother, I appreciate you saying that. Keep saying it. Maybe it'll have an effect on me next week, but not right now. I'm not, I'm not really getting it. Right? Uh, amen. And so this is what... See, faith would be easy if there wasn't a devil. Right? But there's a devil. Now, I found out something last night studying I had never seen before. Never seen before. And that is that this word devil, our adversary, the devil, 1 Peter 5, it comes from a compound Greek word. You don't need to know the Greek words, but the meaning of it is uh, enlightening. Let me find it here. He says that when you, this is Rick Renner again, that word devil, it literally describes how the enemy comes at you. Let me read it to you. He says this Greek word for devil literally means someone who repeatedly throws something, striking again and again and again until the object being targeted uh, has been struck so much that they have been uh, finally completely penetrated all the way through from one side to the other. Now, that's what the word devil means. So the word devil is describing his tactic. Remember Paul said in Ephesians that you may withstand the schemes of the devil? So you can understand, when you get in faith, let's say for your healing, he is going to begin to, he's going to, begin to throw stuff at you. And it's a thought, right? You, what, who do you think you are? Look at what you did last week. God ain't going to heal you. Look at how messed, you've been a smoker all your life. You think God's going to heal those lungs? You destroyed your lungs. Right? He's going to throw. He, he, he done, you've done too much. He, he's, not going to, he's not coming through for you. Healing's passed away, didn't you know that? And I mean, he's just going to look at your body. Your body's not. And I mean, he is just going to throw that rock at your mind again and again and again and again with the goal of that thing penetrating all the way through. Now, does this mental assault sound familiar to anybody in any arena? Raise your hand. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, welcome to the Christian life. Amen. And listen, again, the little seeker-sensitive cream puff church out there, they're not going to teach you how to deal with this. They don't even know how to deal with this. Amen. And people are just... The goal of the, what the devil's goal is to just, Elizabeth, just to flat wear you down, wear you out until you just finally go, fine, you're right. Yeah, I did all that. I don't deserve healing. Maybe did healing pass away. Uh, I sure don't deserve it. And now the enemy moves right into your mind and he's going to begin to control you. And you're certainly off your faith now. Amen. Now, what can we do? What are we to do about this? Peter, James, Paul, they each have teachings on this and they all say the same thing. Resist him. Resist him. It might help you to know that there's a him out there to resist. When your mind is under assault, that's just not you. Amen. You have to begin to recognize this is the devil. This is my adversary. This is the one that's trying to move me off my stand of faith. Peter, James, John, they all had the same Greek word. And the Greek word is resisting, resisting, resisting. Fight back. Come on, fight back. Fight back. Don't let that go unanswered. Don't let that go unopposed. You have to respect the danger. Don't let that assault, assault, and just sit there and take that. You just sit there and take that. Because he's going to wear you down, and I don't care how strong you are at the beginning. If you don't combat that and know how to combat that, he is going to penetrate you. He's going to defeat you. Amen? And then you're going to be in real trouble. Hallelujah. Praise God. We ought to be getting some help already. So without going back to all those scriptures, he said, resist, resist. Now, that word resist, let's talk about that word resist a minute. It's the Paul, James, Peter, same Greek word. And of course, you're not Greek scholar, I'm not either. But they tell us that that word is a military term. It's a military term. And we've seen these movies, right? Where, uh, you know, we have American forces and uh, maybe they're up against an enemy line and they are given orders by higher ups. You hold this ground. You take this ground. And if you, if you, if you lose all your men, if, you, if it takes a whole platoon, if it takes a division, you hold this line. You hold this ground. You don't give in. You don't move from here. That's what this word is meant to communicate. It's not some passive thing. I just sure wish, Pastor, would you pray for me? The devil's been after me all the week. You know, sometimes during meet and greet, it's the same people, precious, it probably won't happen anymore after I say something. And every week, every week, it's, well, the devil's been after me. Well, the devil, the devil, the devil. When are you going to do something about the devil? You're going to have the same old rigmarole story until you learn to do something about the devil. I really wish somebody would go on and say, you know, the devil's been, but I've been resisting all week, Pastor. And I'm still holding my ground. Just want to let you know. Come on. Amen. I didn't say that to hurt you. I just, hallelujah. So the Greek word means to oppose. To resist means to oppose. In other words, you remember, do I have to get Rex back up here? You remember when I put my Bible down on the ground, I literally stood on it. I took my stand on the word and then I had my Rex, the little, you know, the jujitsu champ here. 
try to move me off the word? Well, see, if I just stand there passive wishing he would go away, he's going he's gonna to push me right over. It's not about movement, it's about staying. But I have to, I have to oppose that. There, he's going to, whatever, every action invokes an equal and opposite reaction. In other words, this is what Paul, this is what James, this is what Peter's saying. The devil's going to come along, Debbie, and he's going to push you. You better push back. You better not let that go unanswered. That little bully comes along on the playground, Malachi, and gives you a shove in the hallway. There better be a counter. Well, Dad, you better trump me on that however you want that to go. But I'll direct, there better be some pushback. You know, you're walking down the hall and the bully goes, and you go, oh, yeah, sorry, I was in the way. Oh, the devil's going to look for you next class. Right, Malachi? There better be some pushback. If the devil's going to push me, I'm going to push back. If the devil's going to fight me, I'm going to fight back. Amen. I'm not going to just sit there. Hallelujah. So many Christians, though, they don't recognize what's going on. They, they, they don't really appreciate the fight that they're in. They don't even recognize. Peter had to tell them, you have an adversary. His name is the devil. And notice the, the word adversary means a slanderer or an accusing lawyer. In other words, like a prosecutor who's got the goods on you, he's going to take everything you've done in the past, every sin, every failure, everything you've ever done, and he's going to hurl it at you like a stone against your brain. Yeah, you're good for nothing. You're not for anything. You didn't pray. You don't study your Bible. You've been terrible at going to church. You're not a good steward of your body. Nobody loves you. You're the big... And he's just going <clears> to <throat> hurl that at your mind. Amen. Amen. What does pushback look like? The Word of God in your mouth. The Word of God in your mouth. Right? There must be a... If He accuses you of a sin, yeah, I did that. You better talk back the fact that I confessed that sin and my God is faithful and just to forgive that sin and I have been restored unto righteousness. I have right standing with the Father. I'm sitting in Christ in heavenly places far above you. Get thee hence. Right? You better know scriptures about the blood. You better know about His forgiveness. You better have some stuff about the... Right? Amen. He's going to challenge you about the reality of your healing. You better have healing scriptures to hit Him over the head with. It's called the sword of the Spirit. Oh, you want to talk. You want to have a conversation. Yeah, and I'm going to run Psalm 103, verse 2 and 3 down your throat. He has forgiven all of my iniquities and He has healed all of my diseases. He has redeemed my life from being destroyed, but He has not redeemed your life from being destroyed. How about that? There's gonna, you've got to be some pushback. Some talk back. Amen? So that word oppose means oppose, resist, stand against. So a, another Greek scholar I read after says that this word Resist means someone who is determined. They will do everything within their power to resist, to stand against, and to defy the operation that is coming against them. It means to establish a position and to take a complete stand against, resolve, I will not be moved, I am going to hold my ground, I refuse to be pushed back. Now in the military they have a hill, they have a line, they have a hedge, they have a tree line, right? Some, some hedgerow that they're occupying. Amen? 
the line, the foxhole, the position we take as soldiers in the army of God is a scripture. I'm not being moved off this scripture. It is as God says. It is as God says. For seven long years, for seven long years, God gave me two passages of scripture and a word from the Lord about build this building. Relocate your ministry. I thought no problem, about a year and a half we'll be there. (laughs) Oh, did I not know. Why don't you go with me over to Psalm 66. Praise God. Did I not, did I realize the kind of fight that I had just started with the devil? And I didn't even mean to pick this fight. The devil, or God gave me this assignment. You know, God will lead you into some of the biggest fights you'll ever fight in your life. But you know, God's big enough to finish every fight he starts. You know, it's like uh, Dr. Dufresne used to say, anybody comes against me, their elevator don't go all the way to the top. Because God's for me. Right? Well, we know the devil's elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. He's just flat crazy. Amen. One of those passages of scripture that God gave me that day in my office about commissioning uh, me and my wife to build this building and develop this campus is this passage of scripture. Psalm 66, verse 10. Look at what it says. For you, O God, have proved us. That means tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a, this is who? God. You laid affliction upon our loins. You have caused men to ride over our heads. That doesn't sound very fun. We went through fire and through water. One translation says we went through hell and back. But you brought us out into a wealthy place. Now, I read that in my office in 2004, and this is how I interpreted it. I've already been tested. I've already been tried. I've already come through the net. I've already come through fire and flood. And now it's time to come out into a wealthy place. Now, he said, what he meant to say is, you're about to go through hell and back. You're going to go through some fire and some flood. You're going to feel like a chariot just ran over your head and then backed up over it and did it again. And then eventually, I'll bring you out into a wealthy place. And some of you, many of you took that journey with us. And listen, I mean seven years is a long time. 365 days times seven. That's over 2,000 days of facing mental bombardment on a level I don't think you probably wouldn't understand. Impossible situations. And he didn't ask us to stand and believe for a day, or for a week, or for a month or for a year, or for two years, or for three years, or for four years, or for five years, or six years, or seven years to the month. Seven years to the month. Now you can tell me all that funny stuff, all you want to say, yeah, well that's God, that's, and it probably was, seven's a perfect number, seven's a year of completion. <laughs> you know, praise God, it wasn't fun. That may be. Yeah, we may, but I'm saying, we had to add endurance. We had to add steadfastness. We had to live, every time a thought would come, we had to answer that thought. Right? With the Word, with what God said. And in your life, this is what you have to do. Amen? You have to be one of these people that just refuses to quit. I refuse to quit. I refuse 
to change. I refuse to believe anything but what the Word says. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to just totally ignore all of this bombardment against my mind. It is as God says. It is as as I say of what God says. And this is the life of faith. This is the life of faith. And you must just embrace this. So many are defeated because they're pacifists. Instead of a warrior. Instead of a fighter. The Bible says since the days of John the Baptist. Right? That the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. You want the kingdom? You want the healing that comes from the kingdom? You want victory that comes from the kingdom? You want financial prosperity that comes from God and comes from the kingdom? You better take it. Now God has freely given it, but there's an adversary who wants to keep you from having it. How about having, I'll tell you, I don't want to get too down this road with you, but I don't know if it would surprise you that I have had to really fight depression in my life. I don't know if that would surprise you or not, but I have for decades. Now I'm not depressed, but depression's right there. It's not like depression's far removed from me. If I wanted to be depressed, I don't have to go far. I just have to go over here. And I could be really depressed. And it's constantly, that, that thing's constantly Malachi knocking on the door. Go ahead. Today'd be a good, it's cloudy. It's raining. It's raining not only outside, but it's raining in your life. Why don't you just go ahead and draw the covers down? Right? Close the blinds. Feel sorry for yourself for a while. Nobody calls you. Nobody encourages you. Nobody really cares about you except what they can get out of you. You don't think I deal with that kind of thing? Constantly. Constantly. That thing's never going to turn. Constantly. Just right there. You know, that's where the devil lived during Jesus' earthly ministry. Right there. And he'd come against him. You can read about it in the temptation in the wilderness times. And then when those temptations were over, when Jesus fought back and resisted and overcame, right, and had victory. The Bible says that the devil just stood off. Just stood off a little bit and waited for another opportunity when he could strike him again, hurl another stone at him, assault him with another train of thought. And he lived like that. He lived like that. Dr. Dufresne, he really helped me in Chicago in 2013 sitting there. He started talking about this assault on his self-esteem, his thought on his, this assault constantly his whole life long. Finally, God gave him a vision. God gave him a vision and he went back in time and was in the back seat of an old car that his daddy owned. And his daddy was maybe 17 and his 16, 17 and his mom was in the front seat, the passenger seat. And she's only 15 and she's pregnant with him. Now they're California people and they're driving on their way to Tijuana to abort him. And he's seeing this happen. God's showing him a portion of his past. And then he saw in that vision an angel slap the dad in the driver's seat up against the head. Touched him, slapped him up against the head. And he turned to his young uh, future wife and said, uh, Sweetheart, I can't do this. I was raised Catholic. We're going to get married. And so instead, going to, they went to Tijuana, but instead of having an abortion, they got married and they had him. But when they went home and divulged the news to her dad, 
He was so shamed by it. He went out in the back, took his Studebaker or whatever into a field, put a hose in the exhaust pipe, rolled up the window, pulled it into the car and killed himself. But before he did, he wrote his daughter a note saying, you did this, I killed myself because of you. You shamed me, you dishonored me. And then that devil that, right, that moved upon him to kill himself was now drove his mother, Dr. Dufresne's mother, crazy. She's in and out of insane asylums. That familiar spirit dogged her tracks all her life. She didn't know how to resist. She didn't know how to fight back. She didn't have any biblical under- education about what was going on. And so she, she got saved at the, on her deathbed. Amen. And went to heaven. But then, this is what God showed him in that vision, that familiar spirit was just now, just now, and now he's following him around. And here's why I told you that. In that vision, God told, Dr. Dufresne asked God, he said, can I bind that? And he never leave me, he never, I never have to deal with him again. I just take authority over him. He goes, no, you can't. Not as long as you're in that life. You have authority against him. And you bind and he'll step off. But he's going to dog your tracks all your life. You're just going to have to live in resistance against him. It's not that you can't have victory. But if I could pray that the devil would leave you alone, listen, brother, I'd pray that prayer for myself. (laughs) I would pray that prayer for myself. So anybody that wants that, that prayer line, I just have to give you, you know, the red pill. I just have to give you, you know, a a shot to the head and get you to heaven. Because as long as you're down here, and this is what God showed him. We've got scripture to back this up. You know, whenever we're born, God assigns to each of us an angel, a guardian angel. And they're with us all our life. But you know what? The devil, he's an imitator of God. And he assigns to every human being a familiar spirit that's going to follow you around, take notes on you. And he knows, "Mm, just push his button right here and he's going to get drunk for sure. Just put a little pressure on him right here and he's going to shoot up. Just put a little pressure on him right here and they're going to go to the nightclub and watch naked ladies. That's what they're going to do. You just put a little, and they take notes and they just take notes on you. They know all about you. Some of you look wide-eyed. Well, listen, we need to pull the curtain back on the devil's strategies so you can figure this stuff out. Man, I'm sitting there in Chicago listening to that and I go, I finally, I, I finally get it. I can see my grandpa's life. I can see my daddy's life. And I can see what the devil was trying to do and that I was just going to have to buck up and resist him. You're going to have to let the Holy Ghost help you apply these principles to your own situation. Amen. Amen. Look at that. It's still only 11.53. We may beat the Baptist to the buffet. I don't know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, in James chapter 4, remember what he said. James said, Humble yourself, right? A lot of what I'm going through, I've gone through in my life, I didn't want to go through it, Paul. I'd, I'd just rather not. And the people I see serving God, they don't seem to be, that they're not serving God, they don't seem to deal with this on the level I deal with it. But they're no threat to the devil. They're no threat to the devil. He's already got them off track and off course. I tell you, the more intense these attacks become, let that just tell you something. I must be doing something right for God. I mean, I must be. What's what's the devil got so nervous about? Amen. See, I know in my life God's revealed much to me, not not all that I'd like to be. He's revealed much to me about the ministry He has for me in the future. (laughs) 
And the devil doesn't like it. Amen. Well, I'm not going to quit. Right, Dad? I'm just not going to quit. See, if I quit, he wins. But if I just stay the same. Now, I can't, I can't close without you knowing this. Listen, it can seem like you're just... You ever seen these military shows? And they're staying there, but it looks like the numbers and the force that's coming against them. I'm being overrun here. This is it. You better write your note to your wife because, you know, we're all about to be casualties here. Listen, think... Here's what you need to know. The devil does not have the inherent power and ability to overrun you and defeat you. He cannot. He cannot. I don't have time to teach you this yet, but his only thing is to chase you and bluff you. Every, all of it is smoke and mirrors. All of it is deception. He has got to try to get you to move. But if you stay there, he can't make you move. He can't come and pick you up and throw you off the word. He, can't, he doesn't have that kind of power. He does not have that kind of power. He'd shoot everything out of his gun until he's empty. He does not, brother us, have the ability to move you off 1 Peter 2.24 if you decide to stay there. Amen. The whole thing is he's got to get you to respond in fear. He's got to get you to, he's got to, get you to raise up the white flag of surrender. He's got to get you to throw in the towel and quit. He's got to get you to change your confession. He's got to get you to change your action, to move off the word. But if you don't, if you stay there, your healing shall manifest for sure. Right. Your victory. Your victory is assured. Those bills will be paid. You'll have joy and not depression. You'll have peace instead of torment. But you could just sit there. I've, I've seen many of you. Not, you know, I, I know what it's like. Sit there by yourself with your little dark room and night and cry because of what you're dealing with. But you, and cry if you need to. But you better get back to resisting fast as you can. Amen? Closing statement here. James says, humble yourselves before God. You know, there's a lot of things like that building. I couldn't, I couldn't make this building go. I couldn't. Not big enough. Only God. So I just have to say, God, if it's this year, great. But if it's not, okay. And just stand there. And just stay there. And just stay there. And just stay there. Right? Amen. And just... Some things, you know, God's not bringing this stuff. That's all the devil coming again, right? But God has let us, He's allowed us to face this pressure. Right. Because He says, if you'll count it all joy, that, you know, to have, well, you said you have to add endurance. How do you get endurance? Faith comes by hearing. That's easy. But how does patience come? How does endurance develop? How's a marathon runner, Brother Tony, going to develop endurance? He's going to get out on the street, right? And he's going to run till his body goes, stop, stop. And when that happens, how's he going to build endurance? He's going to make himself keep running a little bit further. And then a day or two later, he's going to get back out on the concrete and he's going to run until he hits that point again. Until his body goes, please, please stop running. And then he's going to run some more. That's the only way to build endurance mm -hmm. 
is to be in an uncut, right? The only way to build strength is to put a little bit more weight on the bench press than what your body thinks it can do. But you have to let this process happen. You have to humble yourself before God. You may not at any given moment have what you want, but I have found out with God, you will always have what you need. You will always have what you need in that moment. He's faithful. So he says, humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and what? He will. He will flee as if in terror. Stay around. Resist him long enough to see him tuck tail and run. That's a sweet moment. And then you make him eat that. (laughs) Where are you going? Hey, by the way, Here's my doctor's report, dude. Where, are, where? Why don't you stick around? Let me read this to you. Uh, here's the raise I just got, you lying devil. I already tithed on it, fool. I mean, he won't stick around. But you ought to say, hey, where are you going? Make him eat that. Now, you can't, you can't do that with people. That wouldn't be Christ-like. <laughs> right? I didn't say people. But I say, you make the devil eat the victory. Right? Hallelujah. Would you get anything? Hey, if you didn't get nothing, I preached myself happy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, don't stand up. We have uh, a seed to sow, don't we? Praise God. Well, let's go ahead and receive that special projects offering. Praise God. Now listen, don't get weary, don't get tired, don't stop. We don't want to have this complete and yet it sit vacant because we don't have seats and chairs. And, and this is also an investment in our coming daycare. Yeah. Amen. And so we're, we're putting all the kind of furniture. You say, why don't we just move? Well, we will use some of that. But... Um...